Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So when you start waking up every day and realize I'm free to be the best father I can, let's go instead of, you know, I lost my wife, I lost my house, I lost $500,000. You know, when you start thinking about that stuff, you, 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 when you forget about it, you have room for the abundant mindset, you have room for what are we going to do today? What kind of what kind of things can I teach my kids today? What kind of experiences can we have? So those two things, when we decide to have a good day, and we realize we're a better parent was just a game changer through that divorce. You're listening to Divorce Party with Monica Casey and Tom Arnold. Our guest today is a certified divorce specialist. He is a coach for divorcees and for people in relationships, and you can even DM him for a free personalized tip. His handle on Instagram is Husband's Diary with Darren. Please welcome to the show, Darren Douglas. So I couldn't imagine having, you know, I had a really rough divorce just because it was, you know, divorces are rough in general, but I couldn't imagine having such a high profile divorce that every, it feels like the whole world is watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the first one that comes to my mind is humility. So when you're in a, in a situation or circumstance like that, when you go, when you yourself go into it with a little bit of humility and you only focus on the facts, like the facts of the kids, um, and you don't go into, um, she, see our exes know how to poke us. They know how to, they know how to push our buttons. And when you have that feeling, take a step back. And I, I tell my clients this when I'm, when I'm coaching them is like, text me what you want to text her. 
and just you know what i mean like get it out of your system just don't give it to her because you'll get this back and forth and it'll start to boil up and boil up and and that's how things escalate in court that's how that's how your friends get subpoenaed and when we tend to want to argue or defend ourselves um, it's when we get into more trouble. So if we go into it with more humility and kind of sleep on the things that we want to say, or I, what I do is my, I mean, my ex-wife still frustrates me. We're, we're, I'm trying to plan a trip with my kids and she's giving me a hard time about it. Everything that I want to say to her, I take my phone and I put in notes and I don't send it and I sleep on it. And then the next day or the next week, things just tend to work themselves out. Um, I think that's solid advice. A judge told me meant uh, years ago he said don't put anything in writing you don't want your kids to read back to you in public in later in their life so we have a called ofw our family wizard uh or ofw our family yeah family and it's wizard. a way to communicate in mm -hmm. the app where the the judge can but and then and i really have worked on uh, yes no i love when but, tom sends me the photos of from when he got served and and it's all right there everything on our family wizard it's crazy yes yes anybody else that treated me or my kids like that i would never speak to them again i would never engage right. with them again. and part of her thing is uh you know she's a bully she's like oh you will engage you yeah. will you will do this and so i can avoid it most of the time because it's been terrible for me my health whatever what are some tricks that you tell clients to other than like the notes and walk away or sleep on it i mean i'm sure go exercise go for a walk like what are some things that you yes. might tell clients to do to kind of disengage in a healthy way yeah absolutely um so do what you're passionate about um being divorced gives you an opportunity to pursue your passions. So whatever that is, and I, I kind of went back to my childhood, like, what did I like to do when I was a kid, I'd, I'd like to compete in athletics. So I, I joined a gym. Um, and, and I compete in, in those sorts of things. I, I always and I didn't really tie it together. So for example, as a little boy, I liked cars. So I ended up starting a car rental business. Um, and I, I really enjoy that kind of stuff. And it takes your mind when you're fully engaged in the things that you're passionate about. Um, you can dissociate with the, all the uh, I want to say trauma, but what, what's the word? Like not giving that energy yeah, to the other person. Yeah. The thing I'm most passionate about as you're describing those things that you enjoy is raising my kids. Yes. I genuinely get so much. Uh, it's what I always wanted to do. Have kids. I started later in life. I, I enjoy the minutia of uh, each uh, uh, day, what we do, get ready for school, how the kids are different, they're growing, uh, the the uh, time that I spend individually with them and together, and, uh, you know, just make it, I'm a person recovery too, so our thing is a day at a time, and, and probably because of some of this legal stuff, we've lived a day at a time, and I get up, and my number one job is to be in a good mood, that whether yes. however I got to fake it in front of these guys, and sometimes that works. I forget I'm in a bad mood later. But I think you, when you have to live where you don't know if the rug's going to be pulled out from under you, uh, uh, it's not a great way to plan financially. Yeah. But you do go, okay, what if this were the last day? You know, I've had some serious health issues too. What if this were the last day? And I go, okay, that kind of keeps me, uh, well, we got it. We're going to have to end the day on a good note. Or Us meeting once a week, I think, too. Like, we're meeting so many amazing people, including you. Can you, what can you share about 
your experience of divorce and what it taught you. I don't know if you were always, you seem pretty level-headed and, and logical about these things. You know, was there a journey to get there? Like, how can you kind of talk well, us through a bit of that? For sure. And I think one of the most, I think the most important journey for me was uh, to go back to something that Tom just said is being a father. Um, I didn't realize it at the time that I wasn't, um, I wasn't the father that I should be when I was married. Um, I was worried about some, I was worried about so much other shit. Like I was worried about trying to be a good husband, trying to be a corporate manager. And then, you know, and I wasn't taking care of myself at all. So what I realized that I'm a better father now that I'm divorced. I have, and I, there aren't any really, there were like, there were barriers or rules imposed. Um, when I, I felt like I was married, like I can't do this with the kids. I can't do that with the kids, but we're learning together now. I remember, um, when I was going through the divorce, my daughter was five at the time. And she asked me, why are you crying? I was like, well, I mean, I miss mommy. We broke up all these things. And about a year later, um, she asked me why I was crying again. I said, because I'm so happy. I have this opportunity now and we're learning together. And we've had those discussions, uh, my daughter and I, and even my, my five-year-old son now, um, we start to have these discussions like, I'm still learning. What do you need from me? And there's another thing that I wanted to touch on that um, I, I first experienced depression, like deep, deep, deep depression, even suicidal thoughts. I've never experienced that in my life till I went through divorce. And wow. something that Tom touched on um, was choosing to be in a good mood, but it's really hard to do that. And that's what I help people do through one-on-one -on -one coaching and uh, my group sessions is we can actually, you know, replace the thoughts that are causing that depression. If you're, if you're in a healthy mind, you know, get a therapist, but if you're in a healthy place, you can start replacing those thoughts with the thoughts that actually create, um, create confidence, they create joy and those sorts of things. So when you start waking up every day and, and realize I'm free to be the best father I can, let's go instead of, you know, I lost my wife, I lost my house, I lost $500,000. Um, you know, I, when you start thinking about that stuff, you, 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 when you forget about it, you have room for the abundant mindset, you have room for what are we going to do today? What kind of um, what kind of things can I teach my kids today? What kind of experiences can we have? So those two things, when we decide to have a good day, and we realize we're a better parent was just a game changer through that divorce. Yeah, I that so you talk about depression. And, uh, I don't know that I've, I've uh, been diagnosed clinically depressed, but I have like I have woken up with that sense of uh, ominous sense, that dark feeling. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, besides pretending to be in a good mood, um, I've learned that I need to just do one thing. There's there's, there's a million things that I got. The whole world's coming down to me, finance or whatever. But I need to do one thing, whatever that is, the first thing, the thing I don't want to do, the, the letter I don't want to write, the call I don't want to make. And then I need to do the next thing. And... I so far at night when I thought look back at it, I go, okay, I got through that. That was not, you know, by doing one thing at a time. I think it's a uh, very important. I also think the fact you're talking about uh, uh, mental health is very important. A lot of people don't yeah. talk about it. I do the cardio though. It, I had a bit minor, minor stroke two years ago, and I was so fat, I ended up losing eighty pounds, and and I had to do some cardio, and, and my my ellipticals outside in the front. And every time I would get on it before, the kids would start, I'd have my headphones, they'd be right here arguing. Uh, 
I take them off and get off and I kind of blame them. I can't, guys, I can't, I'm like how fat I am. Like, I'm not Jim, I can't because you, but once they understood the situation with their dad, you know, they, it's not, they don't ever come out there. But they know it makes you a better dad. Yeah. My dad say, Quinn, dad needs to do that for his mental health. You know, which is, uh, wait, wait, wait. Did you did you say your daughter's name is Quinn? Yes. Mine Quinn. is too. Oh my god, that's a good day. Yeah, that's crazy. My How son's is name you? is Sawyer. Quinn Aww. is eight. Yeah. I love what you said about how you're a better dad than you were when you were married. And I find that to be true even with my daughter's dad. You know, um, I think maybe it in some strange way, that's also a gift of divorce for a lot of dads because it forces you to, I guess, either be in the moment or decide that you, it's up to you to create the relationship that you want to have with them. Do you find that yes. a lot of your clients and are your clients all mostly men or both? Most of my clients are women. I've only had about 90 to 95% are women. Um, and I, I think um, to a couple things there, um, I think women are so much more in touch with their emotions that they're willing to talk about it and look for help and that sort of thing. Um, and another thing, and the, and the men that have worked for me, worked with me, they've been awesome because they're open to change. They're open to talking about their emotions. They're open to um, learning more about themselves and, and really the, what they contributed through, through the divorce and that sort of thing. Um, and it doesn't being becoming a better father or a better parent may not come like, you know, overnight, but over time, we realize that we have, uh, not only are we like forced, like, okay, I don't have anyone, but like, I, I think men tend to, and this is generalizing, you don't usually yeah. do this, but I think men tend to lean on their wives to raise their kids a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was guilty of that when, when my kids were born. Um, but then I was forced into a situation where I had to be a dad and I allowed myself, I, I, when I was married, I wasn't allowed to make mistakes. Okay. So there were some rules like, you can't do this. You can't do that with the kids. I allowed myself to make mistakes when I was with the kids and we talk about those mistakes. So that's the kind of relation it, it got us closer. Okay. Like, um, I'd be able to talk to my daughter about the mistakes I made, you know, early when, when through the divorce, I'd be able to ask for her forgiveness. Like, sorry, I shouldn't have said that I was in this kind of mood. I was sad. I was angry. And, um, you deserve a lot better than that. So, um, those two things, the fact that, um, I, I had to be in the moment I was forced to be a dad. And then, um, I had the freedom to forgive myself, you know, and, make mistakes so those two things i think are really powerful tools for single men out there that have just yeah. been through divorce i mean i'm sure you obviously ask yourself all the time like how do we get more men to engage in mm -hmm. working with people like you or get bring them, them on yeah. i mean i guess just doing talks like this to just kind of get it out there what how long after your divorce did you decide to get into the business of divorce what prompted you to jump into that I I hired a team during the divorce so I had an attorney I had a therapist I had a life coach and my life coach um uh inspired me to I was writing a journal and actually that came from my therapist um so I wrote this journal 
And I realized, like, I was talking to my life coach about it, and she said, like, you should publish. So I was like, okay, let's do that. So I self-published this book. It's only like 25 pages. It's a quick read, and I did that three years ago. Um, and my life coach inspired me, and I used some of her tools in my coaching practice. My life coach inspired me to help others because others, you know, when I was starting the Instagram thing on a different account, um, others would come to me for advice. And um, I realized like, okay, I'm going through all this shit, I'm going to make something good from it. Um, so that, that, that it just happened like that after publishing the book, and then um, working with the life coach myself, people just came. That's something I learned is uh, early on, the kid, my kids have never even seen their mom and I hug. That's how long it's been. That's like, how it's been so there's not like why i missed that with the old days of your mom or hugging or whatever but i learned and, and this is something i thought about very early when they were little babies uh, i got nervous and i i thought am i going to be able to keep all this organized am i going to be able to do this am i going to be able to to get them uh, to sleep to do this and i learned i can do it all there's nothing that i need anyone to do uh for me and i know it's like that for men and women and uh I think that uh, that once you realize that, oh, I got this. And my thing is also the buck stops here. If there's a problem, I'm not blaming the mom. I'm not blaming the school. It's yes. I got to figure that out. And like you said, you apologize to your uh, uh, daughter. I, you know, we do have a. Yeah, first of all, I learned how big I am. You know, we have because a lot of all these cameras inside and outside the house. It's also effective to go. Okay, let, what did that look like? What just happened to my kids? My son and I get into an argument. And I and you realize, oh, I'm I'm very big, and that these kids are very small. I when I'm loud, it's loud. So I go, I got to work on that. Um, but you know, if if they say um, if they complain, well, I didn't get you didn't do enough with me today, or you didn't do, I go, well, then I'm going to work on it more tomorrow. But we yeah. still got to go. We still got to go. That, <laughs> that's so cool that they're giving you feedback yeah. like that, and I can tell yeah. you're in it, you're doing it. Yeah. Because I noticed this when we first got on, and I think you created a core memory. Did your daughter paint your nails? Yes, <laughs> I always... love that. That's a core memory. <laughs> of course, it's a re it's kind of a regular thing around here. That's cool, and and that's another lesson that I learned through the divorce. Um, is is that be that created me a great relationship with my kids that I looked at the kids in the divorce and they were joyful they were always they were happy to see me they were happy to see their mom and they would hold me accountable too um you know if I was doing you know if I was on my phone for a little bit too long they want attention and that's how yeah. I know like okay it's time um and when I I really, when I was, uh, you know, going through that depression, I look at my son and how joyful he was playing. And I was, you know, I want, why I want to be more like him now. Um, so that's another thing, another tool you can use, like your inner child, when you're going through that pain, like, look at, look at your kids. They're so beautiful. They're so full of joy. They're so full of energy. And, and we can actually kind of feed off of that and, and build them up a little bit too. That was an amazing experience through my divorce. Well, and also they see how you're handling it, how you're reacting. And I mean, I've been to therapy on and off for years and they get imprinted by that, you know, the way they see you treat their mom, you know, and other women, they're just collecting all this information for their future relationships and how they're going to react. I think it's so, yes. I remember 
my parent, my mom and my stepdad split up when I was in college. So I was in that weird, I'm an adult and I was kind of put in the middle in like an inappropriate way, but they had had two little kids together and my brother and sister saw two people divorce and handle it really differently. Like my stepdad, you know, married right away and da, 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 da. And then my mom kind of like curled up in a ball on the couch and was like victim and blamed everything, you know? And so I can see that now in kind of like relationships that they're having as adults now. And it's, it's just, it's all how you handle it. That's so beautiful. I, I wanted to reiterate something you said, Monica, is that our kids are watching our relationships. So they're watching our our relationships between our exes. But then because you're divorced, you have a new opportunity create to create the the relationship that's really special, that's that you you know, really meant to be. You 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 can show your daughter how can how she should be treated through your girlfriend. Okay. So I've, I'm blessed that I uh, met this uh, woman a year ago. Um, it, she owns a dance studio and I, I don't dance. So I went to learn how to dance. I figured it was something I needed to do. And she owns this studio and we've been dating ever since. And it is such a great opportunity to show my daughter and my son how a loving relationship works. And I think it's so important because our kids, I mean, we modeled the relationships that were around when our kids. So I think about my marriage and the relationships that I saw when I was a kid, there are some similarities there. Okay. So if my kids are watching my new relationship, it's a brand new opportunity to show how two people can love each other how two people yep. treat each other. And I think that was really special that you said that, Monica. It's also good to see their daddy be loved. Their daddy mm -hmm. being that kind of relationship with them. I, Monica knows I've had one date in seven years. <laughs> My kids. Like recently, which is so exciting. Good for you, Tom. My son was very upset. I had to go out of state to do it. but The modern world of dating. <laughs> I know right. Tom and I are both children of divorce. Are your parents still married? Are you a child of divorce? No. And that's that's one thing that really hurt me um, is that I grew up in a family that uh, my grandparents weren't divorced. My parents weren't divorced. So mm -hmm. I was I was fully engaged in figuring out my marriage and going the long run. And I think that was the most because I had this vision in my head that I'd be the same way. Um and that, that was the most painful thing about it all is that I had this expectation that was just, you know, ripped away. And it was ripped away because, like, I'm not my parents. I'm not my grandparents. Um, and, you know, we think about, like, the generational um, patterns that happen. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Well, okay, this, that pattern stopped. I have an opportunity to create a whole new um, relationship, a whole new perspective. Um, so I, actually, it's, it's funny. I, I just put in my resignation from my day job today to focus solely on coaching. And my awesome. parents were, they were, when I told them I was doing this, they were upset. Like they were, they were, what are you doing? How were they, when they found out, you know, how was your family when they found out that you were getting a oh, divorce? My gosh. They kind of open arms and, or was it like, what did you do? Or no, they were, work it they out, were... work it out for the kids. You know? Well, they, they wanted, they wanted us to work it out, um, but they supported it, um, which was very, very helpful. Um, I went to Catholic school for 12 years, um, from right. kindergarten to 12th grade. Um, and I realized now, and I, I, it actually, I actually got back into the church when I was going through divorce and was realizing that, um, you know, any church is a great place to go when you're going through a circumstance like this Catholic or any Christian, like any church, because there's a good community there. Um, so I found community in a church and my parents supported me and they, they helped me with the kids every once in a while. They're happy to see the kids. They're ha And I think what they're most happy about, they don't even think about the fact I'm divorced. They, they see me happy now. They see me chasing dreams. Um, so, yeah. I'm kind of jealous of people that have grandmas and grandpas close by that can help out Tom doesn't have that either I don't know if that's just yeah living in the midwest or oh I don't know it's awesome um what is your opinion or view of marriage in the modern world like in today's world do you think it's something that we need or don't need you know what do you have oh, thoughts yeah. on that? i believe it i'm i'm still a tr very traditional minded about the marriage i think it is a it, it's a beautiful gift um in my first marriage i look at it as a gift too because it it taught me a lot about myself a lot about my vision and a lot about um what wasn't meant for me um so i'm going to take all those lessons into the next relationship and and I'm super excited to start, you know, well, I mean, the relationship's already started to keep that relationship moving forward. Because I think when you have a home with two parents and kids that love each other, you know, under the same roof, I mean, you can't be beat, right? Um, there, there are, I mean, there are great single parents. I'm one, I'm a single parent, Tom, Monica, you know, we're all single parents here. But to bring someone in a loving home um, with a different perspective, and you know, the same goes for my ex's new partner. Okay, um, we have to look at our ex's new partner like an opportunity for our kids um, to experience something they 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 would never experience with us. Um, you know, and I've I've met the person, seems okay, so there's no there's no danger. I'm not I'm not concerned for danger. So if you're in a good situation like that, you can even look at the other at the co-parents new partner as a new opportunity for the kids so there is i think marriage is one of the most beautiful gifts and it's alert it's so many lessons um and keep trying you know keep trying because i think it's i think it's how we're designed we always i think we're as a humans we're designed to have a partner um to figure out this crazy life that we have going on here and it's only getting crazier right and if yeah. we, we and if we put ourselves into solitude um 
solitude's good for a little bit to figure yourself out. But if we if we stay in solitude, I don't think we gain all the tools that we need to have uh, a, a fulfilling life. So I'm still like a traditional like get married and and figure it out together. Yeah. You'll fit, you'll you'll get over that, but when you get divorced, <laughs> stop. No, but I hey, you went on a date, so you're getting back after. I, it. I think it's interesting that you know your ex has repartnered. You have a girlfriend. Um, what are your thoughts for you know single parents uh, about timelines of when you introduce new partners to children and when you need to introduce your new partner to your ex because of the children? Um, so can you tell us how your first meeting went? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it went okay. Um, and it, so here, there are a couple guidelines that I'll give you, but there's no really timing guideline unless you have some sort of, you know, court mandate or legal mandate uh, regarding that. But, um, it, it's so, and you can do this when you're dating, take the kids. If you're dating another single parent, take the kids out to a public playground and just meet up there and see how they interact. It's so simple. It doesn't have to be a thing. It doesn't have to be difficult. You met someone at a playground. I remember, um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I, I talked to a woman at a playground who was also a single mom and she'd have mm-hmm. kids and, you know, my daughter would kind of like nudge me like, who's that? Who's that? Ah! Like, that was no one. But um, actually she was, she's funny. She uh, would ask for women's phone numbers in the grocery store. She's like, you should hang out with my dad. No way. <laughs> but and there, and so she doesn't. Yeah. And some of them were married. Like you can tell they were clearly married. And I'm like, no, Quentin, that's okay. That's all right. But, um, there's really, there's really no timeline, but, and it doesn't have to be a thing. Like, like I said, go somewhere public, have a, a playground date, go to the beach, whatever that is. Um, and then when it comes to introducing your new partner to you, just make it as natural as possible. There's, there's, there's going to be an event probably that the kids are at that you take them to, Hey, how you doing? That's it. Like, it doesn't have to be a thing. Does, does your new partner, does she have kids and does your ex's partner have kids? Uh, he does not. My girlfriend has a daughter who's older, which and that's there's a whole there's a, a lot of dynamics going on there because she was an only child until these two come along. My daughter, Quinn, was the oldest. Now she's a middle and Sawyer. He doesn't give a shit about anything. He's just always happy. So, <laughs> well, I think but the idea of a play date. You know, and I do this a lot of school. That's how I met Monica. Her, 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 her daughter goes <laughs> to my son's grade, and I was watching her with her daughter she's amazing and we ended up having a, a lunch to talk about our divorces or whatever but i think that if you could do get play dates you see so that's has kids similar age and, and, and no uh, pressure and it's no not, pressure i love the public. it's almost like when you get a new dog you take your yeah. old dog out <laughs> yeah. to a park to meet the new puppy i feel like that's what right. trainers side note i want to go back to the fact that most of your clients are women to tie into how i met tom I think that's so awesome because I think, and again, a generalization, but me as a woman, you know, I tend to gravitate towards like, oh, a female therapist or a female this and a female lawyer, you know, even. But when I had lunch with Tom, just to hear a man's take on divorce and for divorces, you know, just to hear his perspective it helped me in ways I can't articulate and maybe even gave me some compassion for my yeah. partner that I was divorcing because you just, 
you're like, oh, it's all of them or, oh, you know, he feels this way too. Or I don't know. I think, do you think that that's kind of something that. Yeah. I think that's a dynamic. And I think, um, I think a lot of women are starting to realize that. And, and it's part of the compassion piece is that men generally want to, they're trying really hard to be providers and sometimes they don't know how to do it and we screw it up and we, we overindulge in our work and we don't give enough time uh, or attention to the relationship because we really, really, really want to try hard to provide everything, you know, for your wife or your partner. Um, and I, I think once you see that perspective and how much pain a man also goes through during divorce, like a lot of these, um, you know, the high conflict divorces where the men are just being nasty to the women, it's because they're so upset inside. They're so insecure inside. They're so they don't want to be a failure. I associated my divorce with failing. Um, and that took me a long time to get over. I thought I was a failure. I thought I was a loser. Like I, all these things started bubbling up in, in my body. Um, and you start to, and that's, that's why men tend to lash out. But when you realize really what the deep down issues are and the pain that they're going through and the fact that they couldn't provide for their family, they didn't feel like they did enough. That's when you, that's when you start to see those lashing out and the, and the ugliness and the nasty words being thrown around. And I feel like there's this kind of conversation going around and I say kind of, but I mean, I'm reading articles and hearing people talk about it, but it's that a lot of men don't, it's not the like provider thing anymore or like the hunting and then the women, yeah. the gap, you know, so there's like this, they kind of don't like, what do you want me to, they're like, what do you want me to do? I don't right. know what to be now. What, right. How do you feel like? So I, I, there's a lot of talk, you know, about the feminine versus masculine energies, those sorts of things. And, and a lot of women, and that's fantastic. There's a lot of women out there that are chasing their careers and chasing their dreams and things like that. And And a lot of the women that I've worked with, they go through the divorce and they're still in their masculine energy. They're still in their um, they're still in the grind mode from the divorce because you have to be in that sort of energy to get through divorce. You have to get things done. You have to chase things. You have to, you know, hunt down things and just get it over with. And then we go into dating and I do a lot of work, um, from divorce into dating and a lot of women, uh, feel uncomfortable going into their feminine and receiving while, you know, the men are going through divorce, they're kind of in their, they're in their masculine to get it, to get through the divorce, to get things done, but they're in the feminine, um, kind of just like, you know, just what do I do? Where do I go? And that's where that, I think that's coming from because a lot of those things are getting confused. Um, and I'm so grateful. I, I met this woman, um, that I'm dating now because she's so strong, um, she has a business and, but she, she'll come home every day and be like, you know, and, and, and let me provide like, I'm, you know, I'm done with work from the day you lead. And that, that's when, that's when, when a man can hear that, like you lead, I mean, that's something like new in 2024, but it's not something new, maybe 50 or 60 years ago. And that's exciting for a woman to put that trust back into a man. So there's a lot of healing that has to go into kind of receiving in that feminine energy for the women after the divorce because they've been stuck in their masculine and when they go to into a a dating situation and they're able to receive that's a great sign that they're healed and it's so important that they don't lose that masculine energy too because I think it's fascinating that there are so many strong women out there that I've met that are doing 
amazing things like you, Monica. So there's just a balance that, that, that needs to happen through the healing stages of the divorce. In fact, I know the reason you're necessary, one of the reasons is because men, when they go through this too, who do they talk to about it? Like other yeah. men, you know, and even with Monica, she was the first person in her group that got divorced. And so she, she kind of, her, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want the stake of that on me. You do need someone to help you through it. Yeah. yeah. I hired a, my team. I had my lawyers, I had a therapist and I hired a Reiki master who Tom has Oh met, yes. Which was so amazing because even though I had been doing therapy and I mean, bravo to you for keeping a journal. That's like one of the things to this day. I resist tooth and nail. I can't do it. I don't want my real thoughts written down ever mm. to be found. I know people say you can burn it or whatever, but I just can't do it. But I just remember thinking like I needed some, I needed my energy to shift yes. in a positive way. And whatever is for every, it's different for everyone, but it really helped me just release a lot, forgive myself, forgive xyz it was really a really good kind of rounding out and then um and like what you said i i did things like i dated myself you yes. know i just spent a lot of times doing you know what do i want need and feel like doing mm -hmm. and just do that i mean and obviously you know i'm i'm lucky i have a lot of really good friends that still would be my friend even though i was the divorce yeah, <laughs> yeah and right Reiki healing that, that that's one of the tools I recommend to my clients too. Reiki really? healing, yoga, I've done uh breath work, um yes. and even even acupuncture. Um I didn't I didn't know this until I went through divorce but um and this this might be very common knowledge but your organs hold emotions. So um I I felt like I couldn't breathe um at, towards the end of my divorce and I like I don't I wasn't sick, I wasn't it felt like there was an elephant on my chest. Um, so I read a book called The Emotion Code, and it suggested that, uh, like, uh, you know, for for alcoholics, their uh, liver gets inflamed, and there's some anger. The liver holds anger. So for grief, um, the lungs hold grief is what I learned there. So I went to an acupuncturist. He's like, I got you. He said, there's one side effect. Um, you might joy cry like next week uncontrollably at some point. I'm like, all right, let's go. So he, I got two sessions, um, into acupuncture and like three days later, I just started joy crying. I was so happy. So that like, awesome. like all those, all those traditional things work. Like, like not only like I do the traditional church, but like Reiki healing, yoga, acupuncture, all that stuff. But there's so many tools for out the, out there for us to heal. I was the lady that would go to the back of the yoga class also because I just didn't really know what I was doing. And I, you know, when you go to the gym and you get the little towel before you walk in the room and I would just have it in my face the whole time, especially when we would do like hip releasing things. Yeah. And I would just be in the back crying in my towel. And I'm sure my face was bright red and people thought like, wow, she had a really good workout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This uh, crying thing. Let's talk about that for a second. Oh, yeah. Now Talk about crying. You know, Tom. I've always been uh, <clears throat> cognizant not to cry for my kids uh, because I think they've seen a lot of emotional things. That, uh, the other thing is not that uh, it's not that I'm ashamed would be ashamed of it. I just kind of kept it like, and I remember how my dad was. But that basically, getting older, 
if I start talking about my kids, even on stage in a, a comedy place, I, I find all of a sudden I realize, oh no, I should talk because I, I could feel myself, you know, that feeling coming up, yeah. and I have, and I, um, you know, I remember there was a son had a situation at school. I went down, was still trying to go places with their mom, and uh, I, as I started talking about my son with the teacher, I started, you know, the first time I got uh, choked up, and I remember my ex-wife going, "What is wrong with you? What is wrong?" With-? I go. And I, I go, okay, this is the thing. I'm not uh, uh, ashamed of it. Being sober makes it much easier to, you know, to have these feelings and to have emotions. Uh, I am looking forward to joy crying. Uh, but, yes. uh, but I do have joy. But I, and I'll tell you, 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 you go through a something rough like a divorce and your joy goes. That's just all there is to it. And yeah. then after you get a little settled, there'll be a moment where you're like, oh, that feeling. I miss yeah. that. And then yeah. you start feeling like, how do I get more of that? And, yeah. uh, you know, so so you're right, you know. How old are you? Can I ask how old you are? I'm 38. I'm 38. Oh, young man, young man. Yeah. And uh, do you think you're going to get married to this young lady from the dance studio? I think so, yeah. this Well, this is the first time I'm saying in public, so <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's perfect, so I'm going to take her. Oh, my gosh. So you are now... You've left, you put in your notice at your day job, yeah. going all in. So what, one, like my one last question for you, and then I'll let Tom, if he has one, what do you do at the end of, you know, coaching sessions or things like that, you know, at the end of the day to sort of like recalibrate your energy or, you know, especially if you have a client that's going through something really heavy, you know, oh my you gosh, a little ritual to kind of detox or. I really don't. Um, I go to bed but around nine o'clock uh, Eastern time, one Eastern time. So if I got, if I have time, I'll read a book. Um, I'll watch, you know, I, I watch YouTube videos. I'm a space nerd. So I'll, I'll pull up like YouTube videos about the universe and just watch that for like 20 minutes just to get my mind into space, I guess. And then, and then go to sleep. But I wake up, um, I work out at 5am and that's a routine that I've kept for, I don't know, five or six years now. So I think, you know, getting that sleep and then waking up early and getting after it is, has really gotten me, uh, I guess, kind of detox. Right. Well, I always tell people too, I feel like when you are consistently exercising, no matter how spread thin your schedule is, it's like, you always have that energy. You have more energy mm-hmm. as you're taking care of yourself that way. Yep. And you, and you can't fight all the battles in your head. I get worn out enough that I can't, you know, if I, when I exercise, which is every day after that, I go, okay, whatever's going on up here, I just can't fight all the battles. It just makes life uh, better. Let me tell you what I think about you. <clears throat> this is my, Let's uh, hear it. you are, I know you were talking about masculine feminine and I get, I get that. And, uh, but a lot of times when you hear men talking about, oh, America's losing their masculine, whatever, it's, it's very toxic, but in my opinion. But I see why women like you because you've got a little bit of the feminine, what you would call the feminine, like, like you're feminine in touch. energy, right? Yeah, maybe it's from having a daughter, maybe it's from from who you are, maybe. But I can see why, you know, you, you you're not a, a drill sergeant. I can see why people, uh, women, would really trust you, trust your uh, uh, advice. You know, you seem kind. I think it's very important uh, when a man does something that women will go okay there's i that guy there's a very natural thing about that guy and i think men too because men we need to step up 
and not go, okay, this is my role. This is my thing. But I tell you, you got a great, you got a lot of great things going. You're a good dude and a, a great dad, obviously. And uh, I wish you all the best. And I hope that uh, we can uh, I- introduce you to a lot of people, especially the Midwest. Oh, I appreciate great that. Yes. And yeah, what yeah. promote for you? Any websites? Give us your socials. Yeah, my really, you can reach out to me on Instagram. It's Husband's Diary with Darren. And that's also the title of the book I published a few years ago. But uh, that's how you can find me on Instagram. I don't have any websites. Uh, maybe I will now that I'm going full time. So um, stay tuned on that. But um, if you need to, if you need to reach out to me, just hit me up on Instagram. And I, I, I'm so happy that you found me. Thank you so much. It was great so talking nice to, to both of you. Yeah, good to you. meet you. Yeah. All right. Thank you very, very much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.